before we jump into today's episode, we wanted to stop by and give you guys a quick review. Live review. <laughs> a live review from Creature Feature. We are still here, but our weekend actually started out in Philadelphia. Yes. At Icons I- of Wrestling. At yeah. Icons of Wrestling. Yeah, that. So we met... Who did we meet there? Lex Luger. We met Lex Luger, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, the Mountie, who is Jacques Rougeau. I didn't know he had a real name. Yeah, he was part of the fabulous Rougeau brothers before he changed to that Mountie gimmick. We met Rick and Scott Steiner, the Steiner brothers. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Um, Cameron Haley. Harley Cameron. Harley Cameron. <laughs> to remove that shit. That no. <laughs> That's what live is for, buddy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Harley Cameron. <laughs> Sue Young. And Virgil. I forgot about him. Meet the king of the meat sauce. He had Olive Garden menus at his table to sign. Olive Garden menus. He also had a picture <laughs> where he's standing on a massive, like, tidal wave of meat sauce and it says the meat sauce king on it that was hilarious so that was an interesting experience there we didn't get to meet the dudley brothers um bubba ray was running late devon was there so we were trying to get out to get the creature feature which i'm glad plus money was tight because icons the prices were a little so we bumped into our friend dan O, who listens to the show and he kind of messaged me. He's like, hey, everybody kind of seemed to be increasing their prices midway through the show. That's not typical at Icons. It's a little disappointing, but we saw that too. Yeah, because I remember I went to go. I was You were in line for TED, mm-hmm. and I was kind of scoping out the layout of the show and seeing who was located where, and I was also scoping out the price list for people. And I remember a couple people, not a couple people, one person in specific, but like, I had them in my head for this X amount of dollars. And then when we got in line at their table and got up to the table, it was crossed out in a Sharpie and like a new price was written. And I'm like, well, fuck this. Okay. And that happened a few times. (laughs) And this said person also tried to charge 30 bucks to write three extra letters. (laughs) That's wild. It was a bit of a disappointment because, you know, Kristen and I were talking about this yesterday. I am a fan of wrestling from, like, the 80s and 90s. And I'm, like, more, like, late 90s. And maybe early 2000s. Yeah, that's, like, my era. But it seems like more and more as I, you know, go to these shows, I'm meeting people that I'm really excited to see from my childhood. And they're getting older, to be fair. But some of them just are not very personable. Yeah. They don't know how to hold a conversation. They don't really acknowledge you. It's almost like they're there to get paid, get out, and just do their thing. And, mm-hmm. You know, I get it on one hand, but at the same time, make an effort. Like, Lex Luger was awesome when we, both times we've met him now. He has been so personable, so friendly, I really, outgoing. I really enjoyed watching you converse with the one Steiner brother. Yeah. Not, what was his name, Rick? That was Scott Steiner. Oh, that was Scott, okay. Yeah. Um, they were from Michigan. I went to school in Michigan, so we were kind of talking about I that. I love when you have stuff in common with the guests, and you have, like, co- like a real conversation with them outside of, like, thanks for doing your job and being here and whatever, you know? Well, it's always great. You know, I'm a sports fan, so you know, the first thing I said to them was, go blue, <laughs> which is a Michigan thing. But even with Lex, I was like, hey, Lex, I saw your Hurricanes won last night because of the March Madness tournament. And he was so excited. He's like, heck, yeah, we did. We're, I know. It, it just like makes it, it so much. put a big smile on his face, and it made for easy conversation for after For both that. people, yeah. you know? It's not so robotic. like. And then, like, Ted DiBiase, he, I know your experience wasn't so great with him. I had a I had a good experience. Well, that's I good. I mean, I was getting something for a friend, so I personally didn't have anything like to right. say to him like you kind of right. do. But um, so that's okay. Like he wasn't the worst experience of the day, but that's no. He just was more like average to like yeah. No, I don't. We don't have anything bad to say. About I was him. able to talk to him about his documentary, and I you know thanked him for getting his word out there. I said it takes a lot. You and your documentaries. The, yeah, Jake and <laughs> like <Ted>. shit. <laughs> well. 
these guys have been through a lot. And, you know, one of the common themes is either adultery or drug use. Yeah. And both are very difficult topics to openly talk about and say that you made bad choices and try to help people understand why they shouldn't make them. Right. And both have come out and done that. I mean, Ted has been openly, like, very outspoken about the fact that he cheated on his wife and how terrible he feels about that. Mm-hmm. And they are still together because he, you know, was very open and honest with her and, you know, talk. they work through it, whatever. That's their personal life. Right. But it was just such a powerful documentary to listen to him tell that story and see him get emotional over it and know that it worked out in the end because he was able to identify the mistakes he made and fix them for sure that's and that's all i wanted to you know i didn't go into that kind of depth with him but i do want people to know if you're sending that their message is being heard right and if you're sending a very difficult message i think it's worth acknowledging to say hey it takes a lot of strength to do that yeah i hope it gets through to at least one person Absolutely. So. <clears throat> Sue Young, when we met her, she was so wonderful. Now, to be completely transparent, I have no idea who the hell she is. I don't watch wrestling anymore. Like we just said, I was late 90s, early 2000s. So a lot of these newer people. And I didn't watch, like, um, what is the other? Like AEW or something? I literally only watched WWE, WWF, right. like whatever it was at the time. Well, I think by the um, time you came in, they had all combined. But before that, there was a WWF, a WCW, an ECW, like That's stuff like, like that. I, the ECW, the, what did you say? WCW. That, yeah, like those, I never like right. watched any of those. Right, they had all kind of combined by the time oh, okay. you started watching. So I don't, and especially up and coming wrestlers, I don't know a lot of them, right. but she was so sweet and she was, she was so happy character. to be she there. She was dressed up. Like, she looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. She was wearing her, I don't want to say costume, her wardrobe. What, what is the term for a wrestling her outfit? ring gear. Okay. Ring attire. Ring, ring attire. That sounds, that sounds good. So, and she was in full makeup too. Like yes. she's some kind of like warrior type thing. But she's, she had this full white and red face makeup on, body mm-hmm. makeup. It was incredible. And she was so sweet and so... Mm-hmm happy to be there and in such a good mood so i think that was like my personal favorite experience of the day and we get to see sarah blake lee cheek is that what her (laughs) name is (laughs) uh playmate sarah blake cheek blake cheek there you go (laughs) she was beautiful anyway yeah i harley cameron was really beautiful absolutely my favorite my favorite well all the women there most of the women there were gorgeous but my favorite part when we walked up to harley cameron she was like stuffing her face with a cheeseburger and that just made her so like real and like i don't mm-hmm. know that's i think that's so cool felt bad she's trying to enjoy lunch she's like no come on over uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> with a mouthful of cheeseburger she's like no 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 C- come on it's fine yeah. <laughs> so so that was icons that that was icons and then we made the trip to gettysburg oh which, you skipped an are. important step oh Oh. We went to Tony Luke's for cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks. Yeah. I've never ever had a cheesesteak before in my life until I went to my first Icon show and Jeremy took me here. And then I've been addicted ever since. And so I make him buy me Tony Luke's every time we go to Icon's. Yep. Well, it was nice. We got there at good timing this time around. Oh, yeah, we Typically, did. Typically, there's a line of like 100 people and you just wait, wait forever. Wait forever. But, but it's always so worth it. But there's only like four people in front of us. So we made really good time, which helped us. Make yeah. the time to creature feature. And then we, yesterday couldn't have worked out perfect enough because we got to creature feature, what did we get here? About 3.30 three by the time we kind of checked into our room. Yep. And then we had to come up to our room and, get you know, changed. get changed real quick and touch up my makeup and whatever. And then we got I downstairs. To touch up my makeup too. Yeah. It was a must. Had to go downstairs, get our wristbands. And we had literally like the perfect amount of time to get every single person on your list. Do you want to tell us who you met yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. So I met Danny Lloyd from The Shining and Dr. Sleep. I met 
the Kyoto brothers. Yes, we did get clarification. It's apparently, well, technically, we didn't get clarification from them. We just took our word from another guest. Yeah, so yeah. I think maybe, it was Bobby. Maybe, I mean, I trust, us, I trust, I trust Bobby. Bobby Sherry. He, yeah. he definitely filled us in on that one. Uh, Mike Martinez and Herod Blank, who, are, who were two of the clowns and killer clowns from outer space. Michael Valella. Is it, is it Valo? I think it's Vieja. Vieja. Is okay. it? I don't. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. Listen but to us just butchering every he, name we possibly could. Well, he was so interesting was story about him. Yeah. If you see the pro photo ops, they were awesome. I'm contemplating getting one today if it's still an option. Creature. Well, we should <laughs> so, wrap this shit up and go downstairs. So, so there might be fo- an update to that. But, photo um, ops started 11, and we're recording this at 10:58. Yep. So <laughs> after I I spoke with him for probably 10, 15 minutes, Kristen was Guys, like, "Are we ever going to leave holy this table?" Shit. I was talking to Stacy, his agent, and Who's I'm in like, the group? "Yeah, she is." Shout out to Stacy if she listens. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking to him like, uh, "Our arms are because we were holding Jeremy's poster open for him as he's just chat being chatty Kathy over there with Michael, and they're talking about sports and this and that." And we're like, "Me and Stacy are looking at each other like, oh, we're just gonna be here all day. Okay, our arms will fall off." Like, okay. well, it was interesting because Michael has a cane, and he. He's older. He lo- And you can tell he looks very elderly. Yes. So you almost wondered if... How do I want to phrase this without it sounding disrespectful? Like, Some older guests are dealing with a lot of things in life, be it right. like, you know, health issues, tiredness from traveling, everything like that. So a lot Memory of them... Memory loss. Like, and whatever it's, hard, it's hard for them to do some of these shows. Yeah. But here he's he saw... I have a baseball player on my the background of my phone. He's like, oh, who's the ball player? I was like, oh, Kyle Seeger. He's like, oh, I'm familiar with the other Seeger who played with the Dodgers. I was like, oh, Corey, his brother. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm a big baseball fan. So we're talking about baseball yeah, for and- like 15 minutes. And then I find out that he was from Michigan at one point. So he grew up, or I don't know if he grew up, but he, he was out there in a younger age right near where I went to school, so we knew exactly where each other were talking about. It was just very bizarre and unexpected good conversation. Yeah, so one thing before you, I know you've got a lot more people to talk about, but I did not have a single, even remotely disappointing experience yesterday. No, like I agree. At Creature Feature. Like, so I left Icons a little bit bummed out because some of the experiences were a little bit lackluster. Mm-hmm. Um but when we got to Creature Feature, holy shit, did that turn around. Every single guest was freaking incredible. Yes. So friendly, so happy to be there. Even guests that we didn't get autographs from, like that we were just chatting with, yep. were fin- like amazing. Everybody was fantastic. Everyone was so happy to be there. And that's what I like most. Creature Feature, I can confidently say after this weekend, is my favorite show. Yeah. I love, and this is only my second Creature Feature, so I feel like it's like a bolt when I've been to like a million Monster Manias, but like Creature Feature has, one, the hotel, the host hotel is gorgeous. The rooms are- Super s- affordable. Affordable, spacious, very clean. Yep. Just amazing, you know? And so the host hotel is great. It's kind of close from to home, but it's far enough away so you know it's still a vacation. It's literally in Gettysburg, so there's a ton to do when you're not at the con. Right. Gettysburg is my favorite city, so maybe I'm a little biased, but, like, it's just great. And then it's super intimate. All of the vendors are super friendly, and it's a unique variety of vendors. Yeah, for sure. Like, sometimes when you go, you just stick to the same shows, you see the same vendors over and over again, which is great, and we love to support them, too, but... We see so much new merchandise here. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Donovan has his wood burning stand set up, mm-hmm. and it was Scott's variety shop is set up here. Yeah, um, and those, I mean, there's there's just so many, but well, yeah, and we didn't even get to touch the vendors just We just went mm-hmm. to go stop our by we're, our friends. We're doing that after we get done after we done recording <laughs> this. Yeah, but so it's small, intimate, and like he got all of his stuff done yesterday in an hour and a half, yeah. basically because. It, the lines are short and okay. Oh, I got to meet Will Sandin yesterday. That was the first person we met, and he is just so hot. He's another one that I was able to just joke around with, and so hot. 
he, you know, loosen up the conversation. It's so I, hot. I said something like, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I said, but something to see. I'm glad that you've gotten over your evil ways or something. And he just kind of laughed at me. He laughed at you because you're funny looking. Absolutely. <laughs> but Yeah, that's what it was. So the only other people that I missed were Andrew Hubatsik, who played Zelda. Hubatsik? I don't know. I'm not sure. We just love butchering names he in this podcast. He played Zelda in Pet Cemetery. Unbelievably friendly guy. He's from Bloomsburg. Oh, I was getting the two confused. Yeah. I gave Jeremy the weirdest fucking look, and I'm like, no, he's not. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we actually rode the elevator with him this yes, morning. Yes, we did. And, and he we was talked. Still super friendly. Yeah. Um, and then Brad Greenquist, who played um, Pascal in Pet Cemetery, Victor Pascal, the dead, the kid that the the father accidentally kills. Or and tries to save. He didn't kill him. He got hit randomly by a car, but he, he tried to save him. And he did the uh, special effects demonstration yesterday. They made him up into yeah. um, Victor Those again. Those awesome, too. Creature Feature has the best photo ops, too. Great Everything. Ops. We'll have to steal some and post them on our Instagram. So be on the lookout at HorrorCon Lounge. if we get some today, we'll be able to post some. Post our own. But if not, yeah. I'm going to be stealing other people's. But not only do they do great in-costume ops with amazing special effects that are professionally done, but I mean semi-professionally by the students at the uh, Tom Savini School of Special mm-hmm. Effects, but they also do them in front of a green screen. So they um, put in really fun, appropriate backgrounds. Yeah. And then the only other person that I wanted to touch on, we didn't get any signatures, but Lauren Murray Taylor was super friendly. I'm sure you've seen her somewhere. Monster Mania. She's been around a few times. New Jersey Horror Con. Yeah, she's a very much a con regular. Always very friendly. She reminds me... Now, I've never met her before. I know my niece Mia has, but I haven't. Um, and I know you've met her before. You've mm. actually interviewed her on your other podcast. Yeah, and she remembered that. Yeah, she's like, enough. you look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, and she is potentially interested in coming on our podcast in the future, which is great, but... She reminds me a lot of Felissa Rose. She, you can hear her laugh from like a mile away, yep. and she's super—I don't want to say obnoxious because that sounds negative—but like super outgoing and like loud and fun and mm-hmm. interactive with every guest. And she was just great. Yep, and easy to talk to for sure. Yeah, she was very sweet. But so we're gonna go vendor shop, maybe get a pro photo op or two, and um... and one of the two of us still hasn't seen Scream, so maybe at some point today we'll see Scream because we have to record that in like two days. So. No, yeah, I don't know who hasn't seen it. I don't know which one of us it. Fucking slacker, <laughs> slacker. <laughs> but we are gonna go vendor shop, and maybe I forgot my hairbrush, so my hair is kind of pulled up today. Oh, we missed a very important part of the weekend. Karaoke. Well, yeah, I was more thinking about the fact that I... <laughs> oh, Kristen actually drank? Kristen actually drank last night, and it was it was a wild time. Jeremy got a standing ovation at karaoke. Because everybody was already standing, but yeah. don't don't tell him that. Yeah. He did phenomenal. Um, I did record a little bit of the song, so maybe I'll see if... I don't know. I didn't even listen to them, so I don't know how the sound quality is on my phone, but... Maybe we'll have to post those and, uh, you know. But, yeah, it's been a fun weekend. Looking forward to hanging out here for a little bit before we have to head home. and Before we have to go see Scream 6. Yes. (laughs) And then we have a really fun episode behind this on the New Jersey HorrorCon, which we are also really looking forward to going to. I'm super excited for that one. Another pretty intimate show. It's a little bit bigger, A little bit bigger, for sure. But... I still get that intimate vibe. 100%. And you can definitely do everything you want to do in yeah, a weekend. And we're not going to wait in, you know, two hour long lines. So, two hour lines, please. Like, that should be a lot of fun. Plus, some we'll be in Atlantic City and gambling. Yeah. Oh, and this weekend, we actually, a lot of people came up to us and told us that they listened to our podcast yeah, or are in the group. Yeah, you know, we like had quite a few people. That was just crazy. Like, mm-hmm. and I got to meet. Bob for the first time. I know you already met him, yep. but I got to meet Bob. And we got to get clarification on his last name. Yes. Bob Schweitzer. <laughs> <laughs> and just a whole bunch of people, you know, Dan told us, yeah, we knew Dan always listened and we knew Bob always listened, but oh, yeah. we got to see that. Like, so we just got to see people and meet new people. But then we had even Dwayne sent me a message and thanked us for message or for, you know, mentioning him and Scott on the podcast. So we got people listening and we really appreciate it. Yeah. And, and we actually talked with another podcast yesterday at Creature Feature called Jersey Ghouls. So it's 
Jersey, G-H-O-U-L-S. And they are another horror and kind of pop culture podcast. And we want to do a collab episode sometime in the future. So check them out as well. And, you know, we're excited to hit up the vendors and maybe do some photo ops. And we will see you um, next Monday. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Yes. Bye. Welcome to the HorrorCon Lounge. I'm Kristen. And I am Jeremy. You sounded kind of unsure. <laughs> you paused a little bit there. No, I'm still Jeremy. Okay, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> so today's episode, we are going to be talking about two movies for, I should say, talking about two movies in preparation for the New Jersey HorrorCon. For, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was about to say false, but you're right. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Getting all the shows mixed up here. I know, there's so many. many. So many. There is so many. So first off, we're going to start with Bad Moon. This one was recommended by your lovely co-host, Jeremy. Absolutely, 100%. And this one came out in 1996, and it's currently streaming on Tubi and Peacock. It has a runtime of 79 minutes, so it's pretty short. Yeah. Um, the budget was $7 million. Do you want to take any guesses on the box office? I know this oh. is your favorite part. Oh, this is my absolute favorite part. It, it probably did bad, but I'll say 10. Okay, I will give you a hint. It did bad. Yeah. So do you still want to say 10? <laughs> Four. <laughs> uh. It did like really bad. <laughs> okay. 1.1 million. Wow. That's a shame. Yeah. So this film is actually based on a novel um, called Thor by Wayne Smith, which actually tells the story mainly from the dog's viewpoint, which I thought was oh, interesting. That is interesting. Okay. It stars Michael Pere as Ted Harrison, who is the person that we will be seeing at the New Jersey Horror Con from this movie. Mm-hmm. Also stars Mason Gamble as Brett Harrison and Mariel Hemingway as Janet Harrison. And yeah, I would... Mason, Mason is the kid who was in um, Dennis the Menace. Uh, okay. So I would like you to tell us all about this movie, please. Well, you start off, you have what looks like kind of an excavation going on. Like a work expedition, yeah. Yeah. And you have a group of people that are camping, they're in a tent, and a couple is having sex in a tent, I guess you could say. (laughs) And next thing you know, they get ripped apart by a werewolf. And you don't have you don't have a lot of background on it. You just see kind of a couple get ripped apart and killed. And then we kind of get to the family scene with mason and his mom well the couple doesn't get killed just the girlfriend marjorie gets snatched and killed by the werewolf okay the guy in that scene is ted harrison michael Perret. got it janet is his sister Brett is his nephew. He's played by Mason. And then there's a German shepherd who's like, a. there are all the three main characters besides Ted. But they, they have like an insurance agent or some, some weird like slime ball shows up at the house and he tries to entice the dog to attack him. And it's kind of weird because this is how the movie starts. You don't really have any kind of background story there's nothing going on but he kind of entices the dog to um attack him but the mom is a lawyer and when the dog does he doesn't actually bite him or anything but he kind of jumps on him and gets nasty the mom's like you know as a lawyer i kind of know when i see shady people and you might want to get off my yard or something to that extent she's a lawyer and she kind of like states to him i know a slime ball when i see one or you know something to that extent or she knows a bullshitter when she sees one and she basically tells this guy get off of my property or we're gonna have real problems 
and he goes away he vanishes and at that point they sorry pronouns the mom janet and the son brett go to see their brother ted who's out in the wilderness somewhere um it's not really clear where he's at but he's somewhere like we said at the beginning he was on an expedition and he just kind of stays there so they go to see him but he's acting really strange like he's happy to see him but he won't let them get too close to him he's kind of standoffish in a sense and what I think is super weird also about this scene, like you mentioned him being weird, is Ted like lies to Janet and says Marjorie left him and went back to Seattle. Like he doesn't say she got rip- ripped apart by a werewolf. Like right. he literally lies to her about that. But yeah, yeah. And he's, he's kind of off and she can tell, I think, because it doesn't. Oh, she's majorly suspicious, I think. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't spell it out that she's suspicious, but you can tell from her body language that something's up. And she basically, you know, says to him, hey, I think you've been out here too long. If you ever need to come back, you're more than welcome to stay with us. Meanwhile, he's like insisting that they leave before sunset. Yeah. No, thanks. Bye. He's trying the best he can to get rid of them, which you don't know why. But eventually, he comes and he stays with them. He brings his trailer, well, and he first, stays in the backyard. Yeah, first, though, the next day after that, um, authorities are investigating the remains of several missing hikers and a forest ranger found in the woods, like, right next to Ted's trailer. Yes. And, of course, he pretends to not know anything about it. That's when he accepts her offer. Correct. And that's when she kind of invites him down. He accepts the offer and ends up at the house, but he will not stay in the house. He has his own trailer. He stays kind of in the backyard. And I don't remember the exact line, but he says something to the extent of family is everything. And maybe I think his mindset is that maybe being around family will help with what we end up finding out is a curse that he's dealing with. Right. Which, of course, that's not how it works. (laughs) But he's hopeful. And what was interesting about the movie at this point is he gets there. He kind of establishes himself. Um, The dog is very suspicious of him. Absolutely. Animals have this kind of sixth sense. And their German shepherd can definitely tell that something's not right with ted he allows him to pet him they established that there was like a previous relationship where they were probably close but the german shepherd is definitely like looking at him to the point of you know hey i know something's up with you yeah and and so i don't trust you yeah and so he's super suspicious of ted but later that evening Thor, the German shepherd, follows Ted into the woods and yes. finds he turned into a werewolf and is handcuffed to a tree. And so then yeah. Janet's going into the woods to look for Thor. And then Thor yeah. leads her safely back to the house. Yeah, but Thor comes back before she can see anything. What was really cool about this was obviously Ted knows that he's a werewolf, but he's got these titanium handcuffs that are impenetrable and he actually handcuffs himself to a tree because he doesn't want to hurt anybody right so his cover for this is that he runs at night and he always says he's going for like a two or three mile jog whatever the case may be but the reality is he's actually trying to handcuff himself at night so that he can't attack anybody which was kind of interesting because it the movie made it seem as though he was turning into a werewolf every single night. And I thought that you only turned into a werewolf with a full moon. So I'm not sure if I was missing something or if there was a full moon every single day, but. (laughs) I also think, you know, 
nowadays people are taking the lore of various things werewolves vampires zombies and they're making it their own well actually this is 1996 so i shouldn't say nowadays but this concept still applies you know there's a ton of different types of zombies and so I, maybe they were taking just a little bit of a spin on the werewolf type thing yeah it's possible but like oh he turns into a werewolf under the moonlight not necessarily full moon but any moonlight who knows yeah yeah no that's fair but i personally didn't pay attention to any like calendars in the movie if there were any shown like i didn't look into any of those minuscule details right well eventually the salesman the slimy salesman from the beginning shows back up and thor the dog wants to rip this salesman apart but he doesn't have to because ted does as the werewolf which is a problem because now this leads the sheriff to questioning ted's sister janet about you know this death (laughs) of the salesman and he's like i know you said that he was around here and you know once your dog attacks once it's gonna happen over and over and over again and they're they're basically blaming thor for this death right because they can tell that the murders were done by and i think it was done by a wolf but just an animal in general yes somebody something stronger than a human right and of course ted doesn't say anything he just kind of sits there and he sides with the sheriff in kind of an outlandish way he says to janet yeah you know it's a shame that thor would do something like that but you know maybe you should think about putting him down which is upsetting because he seemed to have a previous relationship with thor yeah but obviously he knows what his condition is so he's stuck in a spot right so ultimately janet decides to have thor taken away which brett is absolutely devastated the young boy they're inseparable they do have this bond throughout the movie you see that they're inseparable brett i didn't touch on this but brett had stumbled upon a werewolf book in his uncle ted's um trailer so he does kind of have some suspicions but i don't think he's mature enough to the point that he understands exactly what he's reading right but he does relay the message at least enough because his mom janet is also really suspicious about what all is happening right so that night janet confronts this is kind of like my favorite part of the movie janet confronts ted in the woods and he's accusing her of not listening to the warnings and she knows the truth all along and he's transforming and then she's running back to the house um to get a gun meanwhile like okay this is truly my favorite part but brett manages to sneak out and free thor from the dog pound and thor returns home just as ted is about to attack janet And this was, it was funny because I saw this and I was already super concerned. And then I remember you messaging the group and you're like, this fucking dog better not die. (laughs) And I was like, I promise he doesn't. Which, spoiler alert, he doesn't. But he doesn't die, but it's still. The dog takes a fuck ton of damage in this beatdown with the wolf. Yeah, as we're talking, my 70, 80 pound German Shepherd is standing on my lap with all of his weight. Um, my dogs watched this movie with me and they they enjoyed it, I think. they Cosmo especially was glued to the screen. Yes. Like he would not take his eyes off the screen. Um, but yeah, so there was definitely a violent fight between the werewolf and the dog, which it, it was... It was brutal. It was violent. And it made me sad. I mean, ultimately, he didn't die, but it was still heart-wrenching. And as an animal lover, it still hurt to watch. That's. I think I messaged you at one point, and I was like, you fucker, like, how dare you make me watch this movie? And you're like, what? He doesn't die, I promise. And I'm like, I don't care. It still sucks. It's so sad. It does. It does. 
But that dog was super protective to that family. But there's this really good fight scene between Ted as a werewolf and Thor, the German shepherd. Um, Thor takes quite a beating. Janet ends up shooting Ted several times. Ted kind of retreats into the woods. But of course, Thor tracks him down. At sunrise, Ted turns from a human in, or sorry, turns from the werewolf into the human. He comes out from behind a tree and he tells Thor to do it. Like, kill me. Go ahead. You know, tough guy. And he does. <laughs> and then you see at the end, Janet's kind of apologizing to Thor for having to take him to the pound and thinking that he snapped and thinking that, you know, he went rabid when he didn't. And it kind of ends with Janet, her son, Brett, and Thor just healing and trying to collect themselves after <laughs> a crazy ordeal. So what would you rate this movie? Um, however you want to rate it, scale of one to 10 out of five stars, whatever your heart desires. Yeah, I'd say eight out of 10, four stars. Um, werewolf movies for me are tough. I love an American werewolf in London. I love Silver Bullet. Hi, can we... Can we not squeak the toy right in the microphone? Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. You love Silver Silver Bullet and American Werewolf in London. Yes, but werewolf movies I've found to be either really good or really bad. What about Cursed? There's kind of no in between. Oh, yes, I love Cursed also. That's a good one. Yes, I know. I'm just you. messing with you. Um, so I thought this one was really good. I thought it was different enough but still held that werewolf element. Um, and I thought the effects were really, really good. Especially for 1996. Yeah, no. So I thought it was a pleasant surprise. I was I was really happy that I put this movie on and watched it. Yeah, to be honest, um, I didn't love this movie, which I don't think will come as a surprise. It's hard because overall it was a good movie but it took me a couple tries to sit down and watch it and pay attention, even though it was pretty short. Mm -hmm. So it was a little rough. Um, oh God, I don't know what I'd give it. Maybe I'd give it a six out of 10. Three That's out of five. Terrible. That's no, terrible. No, no, it wasn't. It really wasn't terrible. It, it wasn't. I just didn't love it. You know, right. Right. You had me really excited for it with how much you enjoyed it. And you're like, I've got to order a poster and we got to meet him at the show. Um, and I just didn't love it. So I did order a poster. I do plan to meet him at the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why we're doing this episode. Yeah. So. Yep. But I thought it was pretty good. Um, I was definitely pleasantly surprised because of my either love uh, or hate of werewolf movies. So I was waiting for you to say that like you hated it. It was a one out of 10 because you made it sound like you hated it. I tried to mess with you sometimes, whether I like movies or not. Um, sure. And I think by now you've kind of probably gotten a clear indication of how I felt about the new screen. But I was trying to like avoid saying too much about it because I know you haven't seen it. And I like waiting until the episode. And my mom finally got a taste of that when we were on our way home and she was saying something when I'm like oh, we can't talk about it until we record the podcast nice. <laughs> she's like why not so yeah. anyways yeah it wasn't that bad it was like okay overall it was a good movie I'm not typically one for werewolf movies I think the only werewolf movie I like is cursed so I mean this one was just okay our second movie up for the New Jersey Horror Con is called No Solicitors and this one came out in 2015, and it is currently streaming on Tubi. The runtime for this is a little bit longer with an hour and 39 minutes, and it has a 4.2 out of 10 on IMDb. That's just unfair. Yeah, this movie is freaking, like, I don't know, crazy. Insane. Insane, literally. So... I'm not going to read the entire cast, but I do want to, this is very convention goer heavy. Like people that go to conventions a lot 
are very predominantly noticed in this movie. So we've got Eric Roberts as the lead, Lewis Cutterman, Vernon Wells, and I'm not going to say who all their characters are, just if they kind of go to conventions or not. Right. Beverly Randolph as Rachel Cutterman. She's another main character. Mm-hmm. We've got Ken Sagos, which I just adore him. Felissa Rose. And I mean, I think those are most of them, but it's a very, very small cast for the most part. Mm-hmm. And Felissa Rose, this is actually her first movie that she produced, she was telling us. Yeah. And she said she didn't like it. She thought this movie was awful. Do you remember her say, saying that to us? She was apologizing to us. And I was like, Yeah, she's like, I'm I... so sorry you had to watch that movie. And we're like, What? <laughs> we enjoyed watching the movie. Yeah. We kind of stumbled upon this randomly. I don't, I think I found it, but I was like, I really want to watch this movie. And you were all in right away. Any movie we watch on Tubi is probably Jeremy's idea. And I think we may have watched it even with like your mom and Mike. If my mom, my mom was not here, but I think okay. Mike may have been. So then we may have been there with Mike. Probably with Mike because he he loves Felissa, so Mike was probably here. Yeah, but everybody who watched it enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. So the opening scene makes you think you're not watching a horror movie. It's got like super upbeat, jolly music with like street views of a very like nice neighborhood camera does like close-up of a ritzy house that has a sign that says no solicitors okay before i continue with the it reminds me of like an edward scissorhands feel at the start yeah okay i can kind of get that but before i jump in there is a lot of different settings in this movie so it's constantly cutting from one scene to the next and so I apologize when I'm going through it if I sound like redundant by cuts to this cuts to this so but because it switches scenes very frequently so it then immediately cuts to a girl in restraints and the vibe switches like in you and then I'm like oh wait yeah I did put on the right movie because at first I'm just like did I is this a horror movie is this the one right one that I was supposed to put on but the vibe immediately switches. We're literally two and a half minutes into this movie and we get boobies. Uh, you know, you see this girl, she's getting her clothes taken off. So you see her boobs. And then you also see her cute little leopard panties with pink trim. And um, the guys, you don't see him, but you see like a male hand and he's taking a knife and he cuts off her panties and she's like screaming bloody murder for help as she's being undressed and her clothes are being cut off and whatever. And then a knife um, starts cutting off her boob. Yeah. And immediately I'm just like, dude, like, what the fuck are we watching? Like, holy shit. Right. We because are- you're expecting like a rape scene or some, you know, something crazy oh. like that. And that is not at all what you get. <laughs> this is literally two and a half minutes into the movie i had to pause it and see how long we were into literally this is the opening like besides for the neighborhood like this is the first scene you see i'm like okay we're cutting off people's tits all right like that's what we're gonna do okay right so then it flashes back to like a city vibe and we see uh dr cutterman being told he's getting honored with a prestigious brain surgeon award and he slyly says, like, oh, if you only knew. Um, hmm. he That's Eric Roberts, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay. And so, oh, so I guess I kind of forgot to say, uh, Eric Roberts and Felissa Rose are going to be at the New Jersey Horror Con. And that is how we selected this particular movie. Mm-hmm. So it then goes to a police station where a woman is filing a missing person report. And it appears to be the woman from the prior scene. I'm not 100% positive. Do you know if it's like the same girl from the prior scene? That's my assumption. Okay, that was my assumption too, but I couldn't quite match it up because obviously the picture, she's like nice and put together and smiling. And then in the scene, she's like screaming bloody murder and crying and stuff. So, but I'm assuming it is. But we find out that there's six missing people in the last six months and the police have like no rhyme or reason with how these people are connected. Like- they're 
you know, they're trying to figure out what these people have to do. And you know how serial killers like typically have typical MOs, like they right. go for young boys or they Moms go for blonde or... female or whatever. Right. These people, right. all different hair colors, male, female, younger, a little bit older, like there's no bigger, didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. Like, so they can't like they didn't work at the same place, they weren't from the same area, like they can't figure it out. Right. Um, and then it goes to a scene in the hospital where the parents are upset like you figure out that they're parents and they're upset and talking about their daughter needing a kidney and then you just see a man walking up to them saying like oh I think I could help you out and then it immediately this is where the movie gets weird this is where the movie gets weird as we already cut off someone's boob but whatever (laughs) whatever whole movie is weird but yes (laughs) the whole movie is very weird and then it goes to a scene with like a youngish brother and sister, maybe I'd say about tw- mid twenties. Mid twenties, yeah. yeah. And they're taking an order for one kidney, and because it's a rush job, they're selling it for one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Like, phew! Can you imagine? Like, holy cow! I would. Do you have two kidneys, or yeah, you have two kidneys, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know, but I would sell it for that much, like. Jeremy we can do it together and we'll split the money like maybe if you operate on me you like you can get maybe 25 I'll get 75 percent because it is like my pain and suffering so I'll get a little more um but we can you know work that out and then if you want to donate a kidney too we can make double the money but I still get 75 percent for your kidney too (laughs) Okay. (laughs) okay but the weird part about this is like they're literally just in a house like it's not a legitimate place they're just in a house and then you notice their mother and that's Beverly Randolph she comes in and she tells them to go take care of the patients bathe them give them sponge baths change their bandages give them pain meds etc and so they seem to be running some weird type of thing out of their basement I don't even know what to call it like just some kind of <laughs> I don't want to call it a business or like uh something fishy is going on because these people are literally in the basement of their house right and then one of the parts I kind of I love this whole movie so I can I'm gonna keep saying one of the parts I like but they go down to the basement and then one of the patients says fuck you to the sister and she's like what did you say to me? And then he's like, I said, fuck you. And so she cuts out his tongue, a la people under the stairs, you know? Yep. Yep. So it then goes to a business meeting where Ken Sagos is talking about solicitation being encouraged. And then there's a beautiful redhead and she's asking like, can we use any means to get the sale? Like, can I bring them cookies or can I flirt with them or, you know, so she's basically mm-hmm. asking if flirting is okay to get the sale and Ken's like, do what you got to do, you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. And she's playing the role of like a really ditzy woman just in general. Yeah. But we find out this is um, kind of like a real estate agent. So we see the redhead from the meeting ring the doorbell of the house from the beginning of the movie with the no solicitor sign the son invites her in for dinner to talk about selling their house because the father's on his way home from work and he can talk about it and then she's telling the family like now they're at dinner and um she tells the family about her job and how her boss doesn't know where she is because they can go to any area they want and you know she tells other people where she is and they could infringe on her routes and her properties and stuff and they can try to steal her business didn't she unbutton her jacket too a little bit oh for sure yeah she's definitely being flirty here yeah like big time they're doing now there's a ton of like in this particular scene there's a ton of like funny like lines I don't I want to say I don't know if they're I mean lines in the movie but just the whole scene is a little bit funny and like we know what's going on, but the characters don't fully know what's going on. Right. And so they're doing a toast and the son says, I hope you're here long enough to bring us a lot of money. And the redhead says, oh, I hope so too. 
she thinks that they're talking about selling the house, but really, like, they're talking about selling her fucking body parts. So, right, right. And then you, the redhead says, the dinner smells delicious. And the mom says, it's the freshest meat you could get, which is like ironic. And that almost makes you think, like, hmm, where did they get the meat? You know? Mm-hmm. Because at this point, it didn't like blatantly spell out anything yet. We right. can just assume what is happening. And so right. the dad gets home from work and she eats the meat and they're trying to make her guess what type of meat it is. And she's like, hmm, I don't know. Is it like from a wild animal? A wild animal? And then someone's like, oh, you're really close. And then she's like, mm, did you hunt something down? And they're like, yeah, I guess you could say that. And so... <laughs> They pretty much disclose to her that they have a family business and they deal with parts, body parts. And then at this point, you can tell she's been drugged because she's like car parts. Like, and then someone said like, here, have another sip of wine. It'll help with your transition. And she's like, my transmission, like from a car, like so funny. Yeah. And then. We see the kidney getting delivered to the hospital and the cops are there inquiring about missing people. Meanwhile, they are getting a request for a heart donor. And now, you know, we go back to um, the house and the brother and sister are doing, you know, another operation here. And there's some kind of, and I think, Jeremy, you said this the first time we watched the movie, but the brother and sister are like, super playful and flirty with each other and almost like very weird a weird sexual tension between the two siblings yes it's like super weird yeah okay so i'm glad i'm not the only one that felt that way because it was like super sketchy yeah and so the sister needs to go to the grocery store sorry i'm not using character names i'm just using the brother the sister the mom you know whatever um the sister gets attacked while she's walking to the grocery store And she turns the situation to her advantage. She's flirting with him and she's like, it's okay. Like, you don't need to force yourself on me. I love sex. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, let me pleasure you first. And so she lays him down and she's being like super seductive and she's unbuttoning her, no, she's unbuttoning his pants. And then we see her reach back into her pocket and she has a knife and she cuts off his dick and slices his throat. And then she starts to eat his uh detached member yeah which was very disturbing and you see in a great visual you see the camera pan out to this dead body and you see like his lower region with like all the gore and the missing junk you know and it's just really weird so the redhead wakes up in this basement now Now, so now we're back at the house and the redhead wakes up in the basement and the other patients you know enlighten her as to what is happening and they tell her she's a cannibal or like the family's cannibals so they're selling their body parts and eating like what they can't sell so they're basically selling their organs like their heart their brain their kidneys their livers things like that and then they're eating the good stuff (laughs) all the meat they're eating like jeremy said the good stuff so like their thighs their arms apparently their boobs i don't know (laughs) um so you see the mom um well the redhead is the next one to get taken and you see the mom preparing dinner with her hands and her thigh and you notice this because they refer to the thigh as like a roast i think Yes. But you see like her little tattoo. Yeah. And then they go to the police station again and well, they don't go. You the camera cuts to the police station and they kind of figure out what these six victims have in common. And so they're all kind of different salespeople. Someone was selling Girl Scout cookies, someone was selling cosmetics, one was a Bible thumper. They, they're all just people that have been soliciting. And so you, um, there's another, a French guy that they take in and take down and drug and whatever. Um, 
and you get a lot more of that in the movie them operating selling body parts things of that manner and then you realize that one of the cops is actually related to this family (laughs) he's helping he's helping to recruit people in a sense yeah not even necessarily recruit people but cover up stuff there you go that's a good way of putting it yeah um and so you find this out at the end of the movie and he calls them cousin like the brother and sister cousin i think i even called that when we watched it together yeah you probably did you always call shit like that but jeremy i asked you oh go ahead was well no the cop was just super suspicious too he didn't seem like he was your typical cop that actually was trying to resolve an issue right so what were you gonna say I just recently rewatched this movie. When is the last time you saw this movie? Um, when we first watched it. Okay, so about a year ago, roughly. Yeah, yeah, give or take. Okay, and it's a very memorable movie, and I I felt like I just had watched it two weeks ago when I saw it. Like it was very fresh in my mind. It's a very memorable movie. I asked mm-hmm. you how the movie ended, so can you tell us how the movie ends? Well, the family gets away with it right <laughs> yeah they do and then there's one more scene after that and this is a scene i completely forgot this and you obviously forgot it as well well that's where you see felissa isn't it no you see felissa throughout the movie in the basement oh okay you see the cop in a different location but he is dressed up as a female he's wearing heels a dress a blonde wig and the cousin cop is also doing it. And he's got his other, what I believe is his cop partner in. And he's talking to her. But he's, and it just ends with him being a cross-dresser. Oh, okay. Do you remember that? I don't. I have, I do not remember that from the first time we watched it. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. But yeah, so that was No Solicitors. And how would you rate this movie? I was very pleasantly surprised. I thought this was such a good under the radar, like a hidden gem movie. Very say, hidden gem. I'd say at least an eight out of ten as well. Four yeah, stars. I'd, I'd go like eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. Um, I really you know, enjoyed this we movie. Watched it, we watched it initially because of Felissa Rose. We had such a good experience with her. We wanted to try and find something different. 100%. And this fit the bill and the poster looks so awesome. I wish I could find one to start getting it signed because it's such a cool poster. I know. But we put it on and we were just kind of blown away. Yeah, I I love it. The acting at some parts is a little bit cheesy, but it is a low budget indie type film. And but overall, I mean, I very much enjoyed it and I highly recommend highly recommend yeah absolutely it. absolutely i think this is a great i think anybody could enjoy this movie you don't have to be a fan of you know cannibalism or zombie movies or gore like anybody could watch this and kind of be on the edge of their seat like what the fuck is happening yeah and it was equally enjoyable the second time around so even if you listen to us just spoil the fuck out of that movie like it's going to be so enjoyable still. It was equally enjoyable when I knew what was happening. Well, yeah. And even though we're kind of paraphrasing, I guess you could say a little bit what happened, it doesn't even kind of do justice for no. what actually happened. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, they got down and dirty with some of the kills and some of the, you know, preparing food for guests. 100%. But not actually- they weren't actually killing the person that's in the basement. They were just leaving them there to suffer even more. It was totally bizarre. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. So after this, um, I don't know what our next episode offhand is going to be because we've got a two-week break from conventions. Scream, right? Scream oh, review. Duh. The Scream ranking. <laughs> I literally said that at the beginning of the episode too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like we're going to be ranking 
six Scream movies. We will be ranking and fully spoiling six Scream movies. And I'm so freaking excited. I just rewatched four of them. And I mean, I just saw the sixth one in theaters a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago, I guess. But um, yeah, I can't wait to do that. And then after that, we'll have a one week break. Or will that immediately put us into Motor City Legacy? I don't know. Follow our Facebook group at the Horrorcon Lounge Podcast. And we have a pinned post at the top of the page with upcoming episodes of like what movies to watch for future episodes. So if you've been following our Facebook group, you would know that we were talking about this movie so you could watch it in advance and then mm-hmm. kind of follow along with us. Yeah. I um I know we got the Scream episode coming up. I think at some point we we well I wanted to do a Sean Whalen episode based yep. on how well our interview went. So you know that's something that you we're, might want to be on the lookout for soon. And then I know we're trying to line up some more interviews too. So we're tossing around a bunch of ideas because I still want to do an urban legend episode, not just about the urban legend movie, but just about all urban legends and urban legend influence on films. Yep. So you also mentioned horror comedy subgenre, like, you know, and your feedback is super important to us. So we want to know what, you want to listen to i know for sure we do have a zombie episode scheduled in april we have a scream ranking coming up like we mentioned we also have a friday the 13th ranking coming up to be determined um we've just been super busy with other ranking episodes and yeah we we already we already have our guests picked out for that one so yeah that'll be a lot of fun as well that will be coming you know so We've got the Friday the 13th coming sometime soon, the Urban Legend coming soon, Sean Whalen coming soon. But please give us your ideas. Give us movies you want us to check out and what type of episodes you guys like. Do you like ranking episodes? Do you like these episodes where we go really in-depth with two movies? Or do you like the episodes where Jeremy forces me to watch movies that he knows I'm going to hate? And then I recommend (laughs) really good movies for him. Oh, Um, whatever. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Go watch Train to Be a Son right now. It's a great movie. Oh, it's almost my bedtime, so I won't be doing that. Sorry. Oh, okay. Excuses. Yeah. So that is all, Jim. Would you like to tell our lovely listeners where they could find us since you did so good last week? Um, sure. They can find us everywhere that podcasts are found. <laughs> Way my... to sum it up. <laughs> my preferred method is spotify but we're also on apple google my preferred is apple there you go noah Uh, prefers google there you go yep and then we're also on anchor it's actually not anchor anymore it's called spotify for podcasters so i I don't know if anchor still exists to be honest that changed no so way to tell me that before i started pitching the spiel of where to find us at you're welcome that was sabotage at its finest right there. <laughs> Continue. Um, but yeah, we handed out a bunch of business cards at Monster Mania. So hopefully, you know, tell your friends, rate and review, give us your ideas, give us your feedback. Um, let us know when you want to hear, like Kristen just said, because we love finding different stuff. We don't always like it, but we'd rather find something you know, for me, Bad Moon was a hidden gem. No Solicitors was a hidden gem. That's what we want to find. That's what we want to talk about. And that's what we'd love to provide feedback on for you guys, because not everybody has seen it. We don't want to do, you know, Friday the 13th part one review that's been done 18 billion times or whatever. Yeah, I think that's why we try to do those franchises in the ranking episode, because we don't really go into the plot of those movies. Right. We do, but only oh, after vaguely. we yeah. agree on them. <laughs> like we don't go through like scene by scene like we do for these episodes. Right. We just kind of talk about our favorite parts and stuff. Yeah, we just kind of touch on what we like and don't like. Right. You can also go to our website, which is linktree.com slash lounge. And there you will find a link to everything you need. You can find a link to Facebook, Instagram, 
Letterboxd, which I am doing awful at updating, so I apologize. And you can email us. There's also a link to our merchandise, which a lot of people were rocking at Monster Mania, and I hope a lot of you rocked at Creature Feature, and I hope a lot of you rock at New Jersey HorrorCon. Yep, agreed. So with that being said, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, but be on the lookout because I want to do a giveaway here shortly. I'm still trying to figure out what we're going to do for that, but I've got a couple of things that just want to give away to the listeners. Um, so definitely want to try and figure out something to keep you guys involved and just say thanks for listening and supporting the show. Yeah, absolutely. So be on a look, be on the lookout for that. And we will see you next week to discuss the screen franchise. Mm-hmm.